Hi everyone, welcome back. I'm up to episode 11. This is JC on the You Made Me podcast. We're in season two and working still along the lines of a transformed mind. Um, as I've been thinking about this episode and the topic we're going to dive into, I've been kind of laughing and I've said this before, but I know sometimes my topics have no rhyme or reason. <laughs> like you would think I'd have some orderly plan where we just build step by step and here's your 10 step plan to be fixed. But we all know that's not how the Lord works. Um, our lives are so different, our journeys, our experiences, and what you may need to work on is the opposite of where he may be leading me. And so really, all I'm trying to do is be spirit-led each week and, and just present what's on my mind as, an, as a potential topic, something that maybe um, you may think about, or you may bookmark for later. It just may be something that you can chew on for a while. It may not apply to you right now, but here is one thing. In fact, the reason we're talking about this particular topic this week is because I would say this is the biggest one that the Lord is dealing with in my mind over the past several months, a big one. And it's not going down without a fight. This has been a tough one for me. So when I, when I speak about this today, don't think that I've got it all mastered because it has been brutal. It's been a battle. My mind does not want to change in this area. Um, and it's, it's kind of being stubborn. So what we're going to talk about, it's kind of along the lines, like we've said before and over and over, as we attempt to shift from the before to the after, the after is the, the goal is the mind of Christ to see as he sees. He's beginning to show me there is this thing, and I think we all do it. I really do on some level. And in our family, we kind of have a joke about it. We call it working scenarios in your head. It's kind of that obsessive, the obsessive thought patterns where we're looking at our circumstances and we're making conclusions and we're like, wait, but this is going to be bad. And, oh, this will happen. And this, this will happen. And what if this happens? What would I say? And we spin and we spin and we spin trying to figure things out and make conclusions, assumptions, judgments about what's going on. And, oh, this terrible trial has just happened. What am I going to do? And I'm awake at two in the morning, spinning scenarios about how am I going to handle this? And, and, and just making judgment, judgments about what's good, what's bad, what, how I'm handling everything and, and what the new developments are meaning in my life. And I, I hope you get the idea. We will probably call it working scenarios just because I don't know, I haven't thought of a better term for it, but I hope you get the, the idea. And I think a lot of us are just like, you know, th that's like trying to hold back the tide to tell me to stop doing that. It is so automatic. It's just how we function as humans, right? It's just how our mind works. How many times have you tried to distract your mind from some of those like obsessive spirals? Only you're right back there. In seconds, your mind just circles right around and it's right back to the worry or right back to whatever you were, you were playing, whatever one if, what if game you were playing in your head. And so as the Lord's began to point that out in me, it's funny because my first reaction was always like, well, what are you going to do? Like, this is just how my mind functions. But he's been challenging me with a new way to see things. And I'm going to start in kind of a silly um, little, with a silly little story. I actually heard it years ago. Um, someone shared it at church and, and it's not even a um, religious based little story. It's just a story about a Chinese farmer. You might've heard it before and it's not attributed to anyone that I can find anyway. But the story goes like this. A farmer and his son had a beloved horse who helped the family earn a living. One day the horse ran away. 
And their neighbors explained, your horse ran away, what terrible luck. And the farmer replied, maybe so, maybe not. A few days later, the horse returned home, leading a few wild horses back to the farm as well. The neighbors shouted out, your horse has returned and brought several horses home with him, what great luck. The farmer replied, maybe so, maybe not. Later that week, the farmer's son was trying to break one of the horses, and she threw him to the ground, breaking his leg. The neighbors cried, your son broke his leg, what terrible luck. The farmer replied, maybe so, maybe not. A few weeks later, soldiers from the National Army marched through the town, <clears throat> recruiting all boys for the army. They did not take the farmer's son because he had a broken leg. The neighbors shouted, what, your boy is spared, what tremendous luck. To which the farmer replied, maybe so, maybe not, we'll see. Um, it's just the idea that I can spend so much time in my mind working scenarios so sure that I know what's going to happen. So sure that certain circumstances are tragic or really amazing when actually the reverse could be true. I'm so sure that what my eyes are seeing is the only way to see it and the only way to interpret that. And, and the Lord's been trying to open my eyes and go, JC, you can't see as I see. And there's so many things you don't understand and you do not know how it's going to work out. You may think you do. And yes, sometimes the circumstances may go as though that scenario in your head imagined, but many times it wasn't. I mean, how many of us have stories where we go back and we think, I am so thankful that prayer wasn't answered, or I'm so thankful that happened, that thing happened to me when at the time I thought it was the worst ever, you know, time Time really proves the story to turn out much differently many times. And yet we forget that. I just can get in my head and act as if I know. And, oh, this is bad because of this and this. And I'm not acting like the Chinese farmer at all. I'm sure I know that a thing is good or bad. And, and, and that I'm sometimes even mad at God for things that he's allowed. Because I think it's such a terrible tragedy or whatever. And the scenario in my head spins and spins. And I make all these assumptions Assuming that what my eyes can see is the only reality. But the crazy thing he's beginning to show me is when I think like that, I'm thinking like a person who doesn't even know God. I'm just using my limited mortal eyes. I'm not even bringing him into the picture, making room for miracles, for une unexpected endings, for higher purposes in things. I'm just staying to this limit of perspective. That's just like the person next door that doesn't believe in God. I'm not acting any different, even though my whole belief system is that he is omniscient. He's omnipotent. He can change circumstances. He can work miracles. And yet the, the workings of my mind often forget to take all that into account. And I just spin and spin and spin based on my own understanding alone. Um, I, I started to think about this in terms of the Bible, just stories, 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 stories that are a perfect example of this. Joseph being sold into Egypt. I mean, now at the end of his story, we can see, oh my heavens, he was sold into Egypt by his own family. His own brothers sold him off as a slave. If I was going with the Chinese story, I mean, I'd be the neighbors like, what a terrible thing. How could they have done that? I mean, God meant that for good. And we all see the tremendous results that came out of Joseph's story. But at the time, if I had worked my own scenario and been watching that story, what would I have said? Just like the neighbors, what a terrible thing. How could God let that happen? 
And then later, as he moves into Pharaoh's house and begins, begins to have some responsibility and then encounters Pharaoh's wife and all of that mess and is thrown into prison again, would I have been like the neighbors shouting, oh, what a terrible thing. I mean, that very door into prison it w- is what eventually would be the door to lead him to the second highest position in the whole kingdom. It, it wasn't what it looked. That's the funny thing that I'm starting to realize how things look to my mortal eyes are not necessarily how they are in God's scheme of things. When we take a minute and realize my vision is not his vision. And when I base my mind's workings on just my vision alone and my own perspective of what I think the situation looks like, I'm cutting him out completely. And that means I'm cutting out all potential for miracles, for change, for Um, amazing things to be brought from something that looks like it's the end. It's the end. I mean, come on the, the children of Israel at the Red Sea. We know what they said when they got their backs to the Red Sea, Pharaoh's army barreling down on them with their mortal eyes, with their limited vision, it was over. And they did begin to question God. How would you bring us all this way out of Egypt only to kill us now? There is no way out. Their mortal eyes couldn't see, but they had seen miracle after miracle after miracle. But yet we forget. We slip right back into our mortal reasoning and we go, oh my gosh, there's a sea on one side and an army on the other. There's no way out. There's no way out. And we begin to panic and we get into work scenarios. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I think God sometimes is like, okay, (laughs) How many times am I going to have to take you through these kinds of circumstances until you'll begin to reckon your reasoning with me as part of the picture? Now, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about um, a blind, like everything's going to work out. He's going to make everything okay. It's going to be okay. I'm not talking about this Pollyanna positive affirmations. My husband calls it living in Never Neverland. <laughs> like Peter Pan, you're just gone into Never Neverland. It's not based in any reality. I'm not talking about everything's going to be okay. He's going to be Santa Claus. He'll always make things work out. No, 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 no. It's kind of like that's, that Chinese parable did kind of show that it could be, it could go either way, but he is in the details either way. Um, it's like a statement I used. I know I've used this in an early episode in season one. I don't remember which one, but we're not denying reality, but we're just opening our minds and leaving room for God to grant a different reality. If he so chooses, it's, it's stopping my little limited scenarios. It's making the choice to interrupt that thought and go, okay, wait a second. God can do this. God can do this. This may not be what I think. My eyes may not be able to see what he can see. I'm just going to take a deep breath and say like the farmer, maybe so, maybe not. Let's see. We'll see. But today I'm just going to be in the moment and just let him unfold the story and not spin into this future thing where I'm trying to figure it all out and oh, it's going to be this and this is going to happen and it's going to be terrible and maybe it will, maybe it won't. (laughs) But I don't have to live in that place. He's God. He can control the future. He can worry about those things. I don't have to. I uh, found another um, author that took on this subject. It's from the book, Jesus Calling, 
by author Sarah Young. And Sarah writes in a beautiful, beautiful way. She, she writes as if Christ is speaking to you in first person. She takes scripture, she bases it on scripture, and then rewords it as if to, he is speaking those ideas to you in first person. And this one was so, it hit me like an arrow to my heart. I, it was so um, pivotal for me. I copied it and glued it into my scriptures because <laughs> I wanted to remember this as my mind tends to sneak back into that spiraling and the worrying and the, the scenarios that I just wanted to remember her words so I could kind of like tattoo this in my brain. You don't always know how it looks is not always how it is to just say that over and over. Here's what her entry, she does like an entry for each day. So there's just a devotional for each day. And, and this comes from February 1st in her book, um, Jesus Calling. And again, it's, it's Christ speaking in first person. It says, Follow me one step at a time. That is all I require you of you. In fact, that is the only way to move through this space-time world. You see huge mountains looming and you start wondering how you're going to scale those heights. Meanwhile, because you're not looking where you're going, you stumble on the easy path where I am leading you now. As I help you get back on your feet, you tell me how worried you are about the cliffs up ahead. Now listen to this. Listen to this. But you don't know what will happen today, much less tomorrow. Our path may take an abrupt turn, leading you away from those mountains. There may be an easier way up the mountains than is visible from this distance. And if I do lead you up the cliffs, I will equip you thoroughly for that strenuous climb. I will even give my angels charge over you to preserve you in all your ways. Keep your mind on the present journey, enjoying my presence. Walk by faith, not by sight. Walk by faith, not by sight. Trusting me to open the way before you. The visual imagery in her writing, um, that little analogy where she talks about seeing those mountains looming and we start freaking out and working scenarios. I can't do this. I don't know how I'm going to climb up there. What am I going to do? Okay, maybe I could do, you know, off we go into our little scenario thing. Um assessing what our eyes can see at the moment. But like Christ says through her words, you don't know what's going to happen. Maybe our, our path is going to turn and you won't even have to scale them. We'll go right around them. And you spent all this time stressing over it. We're not going to even go that way. What if there's an easier path? What if there's a little ski lift on the other side of the mountain and you're going to hop in a chair and go right to the top? I mean, there's just so much we can't see with what he's doing in our lives. And we're wasting so much of our mind, our thoughts, spinning and spinning and trying to figure it out. I know it's a human tendency. Like I know we've been given the ability to reason and to try to assess things. And I'm not saying we shouldn't use our mind to, to think about things, but I'm talking about the tendency to base it on just what evidence we can see in the moment. Again, that, like she just said in this injury, that's not walking by faith. When we try to walk by sight, we are going to fail again and again and again, because really in the big picture, we're children in the scheme of things. We're just walking along that path, holding his hand. He is the parent. He's the one with the vision of where this path is going to go. We really can't figure out the way we wish we could, right? I mean, oh, that we knew the whole picture. Maybe, maybe we're glad we don't know because there are some things we 
maybe it's better. We don't know we're going to end up facing because he will be there with us, but we'll worry about that when we get there. But the idea, I like the idea of being a child and being okay with that in terms of trust that, that Chinese farmer parable almost goes with that idea in my mind where things happen and I don't have to pounce on them and figure them out and worry about them. I can just say, okay, you know, this happened. Maybe so, maybe not. Maybe it'll be a tragedy, but maybe not. But if it is, he'll help me deal with it. I mean, it's just a mind focus where I can just take a deep breath and trust his vision, not my limited one. Um, it, it reminds me of Hebrews chapter 11 that talks about walking by faith and how faith are things. It's a trust in things you're, you're not seeing. It really is moving to a mind that works based on a bigger reality. We're basing our assumptions and conclusions and scenarios on his reassurances more than what our eyes can see so that something could happen. That seems like the end of the world where he has our back to the red sea. And it seems like he, he's brought us to a dead end. But it's his way, sorry, this really um, speaks personally to me right now. There's some dead ends that I've been banging my head on <laughs> lately and uh, just really caught in my own head in terms of so frustrated because they seem dead. I am at a dead end. There is no way to move forward. And so my, my mind will spiral and oftentimes into great discouragement. Like, well, what can I do now? I know this is the path I need to walk. So I'm at a dead end. What can I do? And, and it's the pain comes and the frustration comes when I limit myself and don't um, allow myself to see that he can part the sea when he's ready. Doesn't mean he'll part it this second, but when the timing is right, if he's got me on this path, he's going to move the obstacles. He's going to either lead me around the obstacle like she said about the mountains, or show me an easy way to mount it, or give me all the power and strength that I'll need to climb. Oh, forgive me. This is really personal for me. Um, and I've had to beg for his grace because on my own, in my own efforts, I can't just stop <laughs> because my mind has um, practiced this pattern for so many years, decades. That, that it, it just feels almost impossible if I look at it in my own efforts of trying to turn my mind in a new direction. So I, I've just been begging for his grace to just flood my mind with peace, to lift my eyes um, off those mountains and at, to look at his face and to see him and to remember, forgive me, like Joseph being sold into Egypt, the worst tragedies. The worst dead ends, the things that seem like they have stolen your whole life and ripped everything away from you can end up being turned for good, can end up being quite a story in the end. If we'll just give him the latitude to write that story and quit, quit thinking that we know how the chapters are going to go, right? And we get all upset over it because we're just sure how this is going to end. And this is just, you know, we just run ahead of him and just fuss at him. And I think sometimes he just wishes he could grab us by the shoulders and say, just breathe. You've got to walk by faith, not sight. Hang in there with me. I have the vision. You just can't see it right now. 
I'm just so thankful for that because it takes away a lot of my mind um, craziness as I learn to do it more and more. Again, like I said, I'm not perfect at it. Oh, heavens, am I not? But I'm getting there. I'm praying more and more for this ability to see through his eyes and not my own. And I would just pray that for you as well, that we'll all um, look beyond and, and lift our eyes to his and let him reframe the way we see and the way we think. Thanks for joining me. Have a wonderful week.